guys, I'm Michelle. And I'm Ken. And welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. We are talking about the premiere today, and I am um, very excited about this. Uh, just even going back and watching the show again, and starting with this first episode, I was like, I cannot believe we're going to do this. <laughs> we are know, really going to do it. <laughs> I know. It was a great um, a great refresher. I forgot how good it was. I forgot how the, the characters are intertwined and how the content was just so powerful. So, uh Definitely a great watch. Yeah, I'll be honest. I kind of kept putting off watching the first episode because when you've seen it before and you have this great memory mm -hmm. and then you go back to, when you're going to go back to it, you wonder, is it going to be as good exactly. as I thought it was the but first time? But it was time. better because um, now at this stage in the game, I was able to notice things that I didn't pick up the first time around. So, um, But I, I definitely agree. I always go back and forth on any show. <laughs> if I'm going to go back and rewatch that first episode because like you said, you do have you know the idea already set in your head, but this one, it just got better and better and better. And I just can't wait. Yeah, like I initially thought if I had a like superpower, what I would want to do is like erase my memory so that when I watch <laughs> the show, it would be like the first time all over again. And I could just keep having that experience over right. and over. But really, I like watching it now, just being where I'm at in life and just mm -hmm. having a lot more life experience. Exactly. I've been around more people. I True. understand things differently. And um, so I'm really looking forward to taking that into this show and kind of watching it with those eyes mm -hmm. instead of with, you know, the young, innocent, fresh eyes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, so um, let's dive deep and um, let's discuss this episode one. I mean, it picks up and takes off at Babylon, which yeah. is essentially the meat market. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You go there to go shopping. I yeah. mean, you have all types of um, items that you can choose from. Yeah. Um, Babylon is lit. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. I mean, yeah. it's, it's definitely where the hotspot is. So the episode kicks off at Babylon and you kind of get an introduction of all the characters that's going to be uh, in the main forefront. And it starts off with Michael, um, who actually narrates the story. And um, and he just gives you a brief introduction of everyone. Yeah, I like the idea of the narration because it's kind of like you walk into, imagine being a character on this show and you walk into Babylon. If you're somebody who's never been there before, it's just, there's a lot going on. The Absolutely. music is loud. There are bodies everywhere. There's <laughs> glitter and lights. lights. Yeah, it's just a whole lot. And so like having Michael narrate is kind of somebody saying, hey, over here, exactly. follow me, come with me. I got you. <laughs> So yeah, yes, the tour guide, exactly. Tour guide, for sure. So I really like the idea to have um, have it start off with Michael's narration there. Mm -hmm. uh, I know on our last episode, um, we this is before we actually watched this first episode, our introduction episode, we talked about who are our favorite characters. Since then, um, I still love Michael, but I, <laughs> has yours changed? You know, a favorite of mine. Initially, I would always say Brian, but I feel like that's such the go-to answer. But really, after having seen the full series, and even just with this one episode, I really love Justin's character uh -huh. because he comes into this world a newbie, just like like me coming in and experiencing it, and even for you know a lot of people in the audience. And so I really like to watch the show from his perspective. Yeah, and he has a very fresh perspective. I mean, he's naive, he's open and honest. But don't get me wrong, I love Michael. Well, and we love all of them because yes. it's very much an ensemble cast. It's an ensemble show, and so you need everybody oh, in absolutely. there. But, it, but yeah, we can have our favorites. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on now. You know I love everyone. <laughs> but, I mean, something about his character, it definitely stands out, and Justin's character for sure. Yeah. But um. Okay, so the very first line of the show, it starts out very strong. The first line of the show is, 
the thing you need to know is it's all about sex, which is a very bold line to start a show with. I mean, we are not playing games. We're not going to be pulling punches. Like, look, let's just be honest and real here. And I was telling Kenneth that I was reading an article from the showrunners and they were saying that, you know, part of that using that quote was to address the fact that yeah, a lot of people are going to assume the show was only about mm-hmm. sex and it's going to be completely salacious and there's going to be no depth to it. But um, so it was like partially like a tongue in cheek acknowledgement of that, but it was also them saying we do, it is all about sex. So when we're going to celebrate that, we're going to celebrate their right to have it, to Absolutely. enjoy it without fear of backlash or um, attack or shame or guilt. And um, just like we said in the intro, most of this show is about, Celebration, And so that's just, you know, with that one line, they're saying many things. Exactly. So much range in just that one phrase. I mean, you can interpret it in so many different ways, you know, where no one's ever judged in a heterosexual heterosexual relationship when it comes down to sex. But, you know, gay men and lesbians get, you know, kind of side-eyed, shunned uh, a little when we're speaking about our sexuality and speaking openly about sexual experiences. So, um it's so much different range in that one statement, like you just said. Yeah. Okay. So the first person that we are introduced to is um, Michael, and he uh, is kind of self-described as the cute boy next door. I like it first where he's describing this other guy who's completely <laughs> nothing like him. <laughs> but then I like his line where he says, um, "Since cyber sex was invented, like who stole the truth?" <laughs> Which is exactly. so very true. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know people getting catfished left and right these days. So very true. And then Michael. Michael introduces us to his friends standing there at the bar with him, and that is um, Ted and Emmett. So, yes. what uh, you got on Emmett? Okay, Emmett, uh, I live for Emmett. I really do. <laughs> yeah. He is so bold. He is very confident in himself. He knows that he's loud, he's proud, he's flamboyant, but it's either you're going to take me as I am or you're going to leave it, and he's not going to compromise who he is for no one. Yeah. And um, I, I, I can definitely stand for that. I mean, I stand with him on that because yeah. you have to be confident in yourself. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I love what Michael says about him. He says, it takes a lot of guts to be a queen in a world full of commoners. And yes. um, I mean, and I just love that. You know, the way Emmett presents himself. I mean, he's wearing a hot pink shirt <laughs> with midriff yes. showing and some uh, tangerine pants. Yeah, just like, this is who I am. Accept yeah, it, deal with it. I have arrived, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah. Yes. And then on the other side of that, we have uh, Ted. We have Ted, yes. I just want to say something about Ted right quick. Okay. Okay, so it's one o'clock in the morning is what we find out from what Michael is saying. And um, we'll find out later. Ted has like a day job. So I'm pretty sure they didn't go to Babylon at like 530. So <laughs> Ted has had time to go home and change clothes. And so, <laughs> so but what I want to say is... This is Ted's club clothes. Yes. <laughs> a polo shirt with yes. tucked in some khaki pants. Yes. But I just really appreciate Ted for being true to his brand. Yes. <laughs> you know? Ted is a sweetheart, and I always feel like he's misunderstood. Um, Ted, he just lives in his head. Mm-hmm. He, he is really going to just be himself, but he also needs to step outside of his comfort zone, yeah. which clearly he hasn't. I mean, you can literally see him in his 9 to 5 clothes, right. still at a club with right. a bunch of young teeny boppers, <laughs> but he looks stiff, you know? So, yeah. I mean, he's going to have to break, um, he needs to break down those barriers and step outside his comfort zone, which, I mean, he will unfold. Yeah, hopefully. yeah, yeah. We'll see what uh, what all unfolds with old Teddy. So far, we've met Ted and Emmett, and then Michael introduces us to a Brian Kinney who is out on the dance floor with uh, some hot, sweaty guy. Absolutely. <laughs> and he is extremely handsome. 
and he exudes confidence. Yeah. Um, he's seductive. Mm-hmm. When he sets his eye on something, he's going to get it. He has the eye of a tiger. So, yeah. I mean, he is definitely fearless, I would say. Yeah. For sure. Brian's out on the dance floor and then he is with this guy, like we said, and he's dragging him off to what we will discover is the back room. (laughs) And then Michael's like, oh, let's go get Brian. It's time to go. (laughs) So follows him to the back room. He's with this guy. Michael's like, come on, we got to go. We got to go home. We got to go to work tomorrow. And Brian's like, yeah, just need a minute. (laughs) Exactly. A few minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But but while this is going on, we kind of get to see, okay, this is how Michael, Ted, and Emmett fit in Brian's world. Like they are... Michael's like, I, I need Brian to come on because mm-hmm. I have to drive him home because he's going to be too drunk or whatever. So I need to be able to drive him home. So he's kind of like this caretaker for, for Brian. And like their whole life is being held up because Brian's Brian, getting exactly. his jollies in the back room. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then they go outside and there's some guy who is checking out Michael and he's got the goods on display. <laughs> All the goods, okay? Pop. Yeah. Yeah, he ain't hiding nothing. Mm -hmm. And then um, after this, we cut to a scene of our baby Justin coming on the scene. Coming through. (laughs) The wind is blowing. (laughs) And he's walking through looking like a model. Yeah. And he's fresh meat on the scene. And (laughs) all the guys on the prowl. Yeah. And he's got that deer in headlights look kind of. But he's smoking a cigarette to kind of calm himself. And he's like, no, I'm here. I'm gonna do this, um, and so he was just determined. Walked up, walks up to the guy, and's like, "Hey, tell me where I should go." And the guy's like, "Ah, eh, kind of depends on what you're into." Mm-hmm. And even for like a person like me who's watching this show, he's like, "Well, if you're in the leather, go here. If you're in the twinks, go here." And it's like, there's this whole, there are all these subsections yes. within this world that Justin's going into. And he breaks them down. And um, I'm pretty sure that it was probably Justin's first time ever hearing those type of terms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even though he acted as if he knew what was going on, I mean, it was clearly, you know, a facade. Yeah. Um, and luckily, Justin had enough sense to not choose to go home with this guy. Because, uh, that could have been a whole different show. So. Alert. <laughs> yeah. How to catch a predator. Yeah. Um, um, so, uh, so now Brian comes out of Babylon. Well, I should say he leaves Babylon because I don't... <laughs> think there was any finishing happening in there he's like i got bored so he comes out and I'm like all right good now we can go home so as he's going around to the jeep he spots justin across Intense the way eye lock. yeah what i really love about this is the contrast between the guy that brian had taken to the back room mm-hmm. and then justin like so the guy he took to the back was shirtless kind of uh-huh. toned and tan very eager to please <laughs> and then you look over at justin he's got on his tommy Hilfiger jeans his nikes and his white t-shirt and um, flannel and but I just really like the difference there where uh, he's talking about being bored and then he looks at something that's completely different than what he would have had his eyes set on before I even like that and this might be a reach but I like that Justin's got on his white shirt and it's kind of almost like a symbol of fresh and new and pure and innocence Mm -hmm. and Brian saw that and was like now that's something new and exciting (laughs) yeah and again Brian being Brian he put his eyes on it and he walked right up to him with a confidence and seduced him yep and then (laughs) next thing you know they're in the car and they're driving off leaving their friends (laughs) after they literally waited on Brian the whole night 
And um, he ditched him being him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, right on with Ted, you'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> As they're leaving, Michael tells the guy who has been stalking him, he's like, leave me alone, go away, I don't want you. <laughs> so just want to throw that out but there. But does that work? Uh, no. No, because <laughs> no, he is a very determined. Extreme. <laughs> yeah. So we, the next scene cuts to Michael and Emmett, and the guy actually follows them home, which I, can, I can't knock anybody for being, you know. <laughs> it feels a little aggressive yeah, to me. <laughs> good aggressive. Good aggressive. Yeah, because um, I, I guess so. Because on the one hand, I'm like, I know this mofo did not just follow exactly, me home. Exactly. But on the other I'm hand, flattered, okay? I know. But on the other hand, it's like, well, he did, you know, grab all this way. And that was a show in itself, though, because once they finally <laughs> get to the apartment, the guy literally starts taking out his Build-A-Body. And when I say, <laughs> exactly. say Build-A-Body, he removed his whole butt. He pulled out the front. The bulge removed, like the whole bulge. It was like, is any yeah. part of this real? I know. I was waiting for him to take off his fingernails, his eyes, his eyelashes. Like, I mean, what's next? Like, yeah, what's pull off on? the toupee and exactly. all of it. Yeah. his leg would have came out, it would have been no good. Right. Yeah. Uh, so actually, before this happens, we are at the loft with Brian and mm, Justin. Yeah. Brian walks in and Justin's behind him and Brian's like, you know, come on, come in, close the door. And so we see just a brief moment of Justin going to the door and it's like in that he has to make the decision in that moment. It's am like, I'm going to stay. Right. Or, or I'm gonna actually yeah. Leave. Am so. I am I doing this? And then he's just kind of like. Does a little breath and then slams the door. Exactly. So then he turns around and we got Brian over here stripping his clothes out, pouring water, just doing the most. The extra. Okay. Yeah. Body just glistening. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Justin is just like, uh, I like your kitchen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Bless his little heart. And then that's when he offers him. It's like, hey, want some special K? And Justin's like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, I'm more of a Frosted Flakes type person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, baby yeah. Justin. Yeah, oh, it's oh, too cute. Yeah, it's bless cute. your heart. But that really does bring up a, a serious subject, though. Um, special K, it's a drug. I'm really not sure which drug that is. But, I don't have a clue. Yeah, I don't have a clue either. But clearly, I mean, drugs are something that definitely is affecting the gay community. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like it's something that we are self-medicating for. Maybe we're looking for acceptance for not being accepted. I mean, and, you know, whatever the case is, the drugs are definitely sweeping through the community. And yeah, it's just destroying it. Yeah. I think even with Brian, this is definitely something to put a pin in because we'll be able to address it in later episodes. But even for him, like, we see that he's the person who obviously uses drugs yes. recreationally. Mm-hmm. And I like how they're showing, like, this is, hey, this is a part of the community. They're not necessarily condoning it or condemning mm-hmm. it, but they're just showing this is a part of it. And it's interesting that you say, you know, a lot of people are using it to mask something or to medicate for something. And so it's definitely worth putting a pin in that when it comes to Brian. Absolutely. Because we'll kind of, you know. Get some more back history on yeah, him. Yeah, kind of figure out what's what going is on there. Asking? Okay, so poor Justin is talking about his allergies and his diarrhea and vomiting. And, you know, just like uh, Brian clearly wants Justin because these are all the turn off buttons yes. that he's pushing. It was literally in one sentence he did three X's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, three red out. Yeah, just all, you are out, Justin. But um, it was cute because, yeah. again, there was being raw and mm-hmm. genuine. Like, he wanted to fit in, but he, he didn't know the right things to say, you know? Yeah, like, like Kenneth and I were talking about this, like, Anybody else who's at home with uh, Brian, who's had the privilege of leaving the back room and actually coming home with Brian, is going to be working double time to impress him. You know, so they're going to be, you know, putting on a front and like throwing out their best game, trying to impress him. But Justin's not doing that because he doesn't know he needs to. 
So Brian's continuing to strip down and there's just like a brief little flash when he is pulling down his underwear or jockstrap or whatever. Yeah, those are, yeah, when he's pulling that, he bends over and you get a flash of his naked, naked guy painting mm-hmm, right there on the wall. Mm-hmm. And then he stands back up and he's like, all right, Justin, yeah, <laughs> here it is. Yeah. And he's like, are you, what's the line of things? Like, are you coming or going? Are you um, coming and staying or something mm-hmm. like that? Uh, but just, you know, very memorable line in the show. He right has there. a ton of those. I mean, I love to hate him. <laughs> yeah, especially in these early episodes yes, when we episodes. like you have to remember this we're pretending we haven't seen everything and so we're like all we have is what we've seen so far True. into this episode. Yeah, so you do love to hate him. Yeah, <laughs> like you were such a jerk, but it works for exactly, you. Exactly, <laughs> it does. You know, like I can't believe you're so cocky. Yeah. But can <laughs> but, I have it's, a kiss? but it's working. <laughs> exactly. And like, can I have your phone number? I know. <laughs> so, uh so the, there's a song that's playing right here and the song the beginning of the song is going like man boy, man toy and I thought that's interesting because it kind of plays on the line that Justin is teetering like he's a boy Mm -hmm. but making some very manly choices Mm -hmm. right here and crossing uh, lines that will take him from being Being a boy, a child child to, yeah, to more of a man. And so I I like that um, positioning or the use of that song right there. Yeah. Oh, I told you I was diving deep. Yes, that's (laughs) a good ear on that. Yeah, I got my notebook here. We are diving deep. Absolutely. Um, Then we have Brian and Justin in the bed and Brian's putting all the moves on him and he's like, so what do you like to do? Uh, And just like, I know, watch TV, play Tomb Raider. I just love him so much. Yes, he's trying. That's a little hard. Yeah, he, he really is, is trying. Uh, but this is that. This brings up an interesting thing that we can talk about. I was listening to a podcast, and I, I might have mentioned this to you, but I heard it, and I wish I could remember the quote, but I can't, or the exact quote, but I can't, or who said it. But this guy was saying, when it comes to heterosexual sex conversation stops when the sex begins mm-hmm. because everybody knows like this goes here and this is how it works right. and, you know <laughs> that's just that's pretty simple but he was saying in um like a gay situation where it's two men or two women or whatever what we're doing yeah there's mm-hmm. a, there's a whole nother conversation so he was saying conversation starts when the sex begins which is kind of an interesting thing and so brian's like are you a top or are you a bottom and mm-hmm. these are words that uh, for me, I had never heard before. And then for Justin, too. He had never heard him before either. Yeah. And um, it's so many different levels to it. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, you do have tops. You have bottoms. You have versatile tops. Mm-hmm. You have um, versatile bottoms. Yeah. You know? Where do you fit in in the equation of sex? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it was just like a something that I just never thought about before. I really had no reason to, uh, but just never thought about it. And so... I really like that just like Justin's getting to have that conversation for the first time as an audience, we're being made aware of that conversation. Some of us for the first time. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was a a cool thing too. Brian's like, are you into rimming? And Justin's like, oh yeah, I love it. (laughs) He was like, okay, well. But show me. Yeah, show me. Uh, Now you're stuck. Because now you're jumping yourself into something that you have no idea for it. It could have been licking his boots. Yeah. Yeah. No clue. But he loves it. Whatever it is. He loves it. Uh, he is kind of saved by the bell because Brian gets a phone call at this point. We don't know what the phone call is about yet. Clearly, it's urgent. Because yeah. They stopped everything. Yeah. He's like, we got to go put your clothes on. And so he calls Michael while this is going on. And it's like, hey, Michael, we need to go. It's happening. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it is, but it's happening. We need to go. And uh, he finds out that Michael is there with the 
parts guy. Yeah. <laughs> so the build a body. Build a body. Mr. Build a body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian's like, no, stay there. Uh, Enjoy Michael your night. Michael wants a way out. Like, yeah. No, I'm like, ready. No, yeah. Come get me. I'm ready in two minutes. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's go right now. Uh, but also right here, um, Emmett is still in the room, like coming through, and he's got on a Queens College shirt, which is kind of fun. But um, also like that he's wearing this like baggy shirt and some flannel pants mm-hmm. when we just saw him in this hot pink shirt with yes. tangerine pants. And it just shows you, like, M is not going to fit in your box. Like, right, period. Even though he is the more, like, effeminate, kind of flamboyant guy, he's not going to fit in your box. And even just that little just change of clothing, right. we get a glimpse of what we're going to get to see exactly. from him. Can we address the fact that Justin is 17 yeah. and not 18? Uh, like, <laughs> Uh, he is 17 years old out in these parts. For one, how did he even get into the clubs? For real. And you know, well, really we don't find this out until the next episode, but I'm going to cheat because I won't talk about much of it. But in my mind, I don't know why I thought that a friend of his dropped him off there. But we find out in 102, and I won't say too much about it, but nobody knew he was there. <laughs> like, I, of course, I knew his parents right. didn't know he was there. Exactly. But I thought a friend did. But, like, mm-hmm. Justin is out here, 70, determined. <laughs> like, I'm going to find me a man tonight. But to be honest, it's like that. I mean, it really is. When you get to that certain age where, I mean, you're not messing around with the girls, you know that you're different, you, you're going to do whatever you can, sneak out, steal your parents' car, yeah. whatever the case is, you're going to do it to get where you need to be, to experience what you need to experience. And, and that's exactly what he did. He was fearless in that yeah. moment. I don't know if I could have been his age going mm-hmm. into that area, right. uh, walking up to all these grown people. Um, he had so much confidence. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could have done that. He was yeah. just very bold. And, and yeah, and something you said made me realize like this was something that he needed to do. People yeah. can say, oh, he's being a brat or he, you know, whatever. But for him, this was something that he needed to do. And so he made it happen. He did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, pulled him a beautiful one, too. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way to go, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> in this conversation, how we find out that he's 17, Brian's like, you got to go, um, and he, you need to go back wherever. And he's like, well, I can't go home. My parents don't know where I am. And then we, Yeah, he's like, parents. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm in college. I'm like a junior, sophomore, senior kind of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that scene where how they film that, where yes. you see these, like, little shots of Justin mm-hmm. through the window panes, whatever those are. Because, like, each time he looks younger and younger, younger and younger. And, younger. and, and finally lands on 17. Yeah. Yes. And then Brian comes up there, and they have a very sweet, very um, – kind of intimate moment mm-hmm. when Brian's like, have you ever been with someone? And Justin's like, oh, yeah, of course. And then slowly but surely the truth comes out. Exactly. Like, no, it's my first time. And uh, Brian doesn't, like, laugh him out of the room or kick him out. He tries to relate to him exactly. in that moment and tells him about his first time. And uh, I really think that by Justin being so just genuine and vulnerable, it opened Brian up to be that way. Because I don't think that Brian is typically telling his tricks about him and the gym no. teacher when he was 14. Because no, he's, he's like, get in, get out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, let's move on. Exactly. <laughs> like, he's definitely the one night yeah. stand. Once I got mine, it's time for you to go. Yeah. You know where the door is. Don't call me. I'll, yeah. I'll call you type guy. Yeah. So he made some extra effort to uh, just make Justin feel very comfortable in yeah. that moment. And yeah, I really yeah. I really did like that. Yeah. Um, so then the next time we see them, they are running down the hall at the hospital. And Justin doesn't know what's going on. He's just along for the ride. Exactly. <laughs> he's but just he's like, right there. He's yeah. Happy. He's, yeah he's like, all right, that's what we do. And we run down the hall. Okay. <laughs> so we go into the room, door opens up. It's just a room full of lesbians. And then we see two women uh, holding a beautiful 
baby boy. Yeah, and so we come to find out that Brian Kenny is a father. Yes, <laughs> but you can definitely see there's a struggle um, oh, yeah. in the dynamic of the three of them. Yeah. Like the two lesbians plus Brian. Yeah, for sure. Um, just a quick little note. I like thinking about... You know, in that room, Michael and Justin are in there watching Brian go and hold his son for the first mm -hmm. time. And I just kind of like to think what it would be, what each of those guys are thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, Michael knew this was coming. Right. And he's like, you know, I know how Brian is. I know his history. I know his relationship with these women. And he's seeing the baby. And so he's got a smile on his face. But Justin is just like, what a heck of a night. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and just like this man just continues to get more and more like exciting and interesting and but also, he just gets to see this. He's seeing a different side of Brian. Like, exactly. none of his other tricks are, are seeing this True. side of him. Like, he's been very vulnerable right here. And so it's just like a cool thing to think about. And he, they even got to involve Justin in the, the naming of the baby. Mm -hmm. And I love how they, they actually kind of accepted him. Yes, there were some jokes thrown in. You right, know, here right. And there, yeah. But he's a big boy. Yeah, I do like how he pulled him in on that because really he was kind of along for the ride uh -huh. to Shadow, but. By, when they're trying to name the baby, which Lindsay is a master manipulator. <laughs> We're going to get into that more eventually. But um, when he pulls Justin into that, it's like, no, I am aware that he's in the room. And it's like, I don't really know what his motivation is for that. You know, right. I don't really know why he does that. But he makes a point to pull Justin into that moment. Right. So just something to, to note there. All right. So next we go up on the rooftop with um, Michael and Brian. Michael and Brian. That's a very uh, interesting scene. I think the first time I saw that, I just kind of like blew that scene mm -hmm. off. But I've been just kind of thinking through it. it. It showed Brian as a real person. I, it really... To me, he was scared. Mm -hmm. He was a little overwhelmed. He's like, I can barely take care of myself, basically. And now I have somebody else, you know, like another extension of me is yeah. the way I was seeing it. And yeah. Even though he's not raising the baby because, I mean, it's definitely Melanie and Lindsay's child, but it's still his seed that's here right. on earth. And well, and even just deciding, like, how involved should I be exactly. in this? And so I think he's definitely up there and he's processing, you know, what's happening. He's just having a moment by himself, having a cigarette and just kind of thinking about what all is going on in his life right now. You know, sure. a, a huge like an one of the overall themes of this whole series is boys becoming men. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like the first time that we see Brian having to you know, grapple with responsibility and, and what it means to grow up. True. Brian is processing the birth of his kid and um, he says it's like a wrinkled time clock reminding you that you're getting, getting older old. by mm -hmm. the second. Uh, so now he's kind of freaking out about it and Michael's like, I tried to stop you and uh, <laughs> you know, now you're stuck with the kid for life. It's kind of interesting to me that Michael seems a little frustrated and a little upset at mm -hmm. the beginning of this and we'll we'll come back to that, like why he is having that reaction, but I just kind of noticed that and I was like, he has got some strong feelings exactly. about the fact that Brian has this kid. So that is kind of curious. Um, I know he's happy for him, but yes, like you said. But there's something mm, else yes. going on, and we'll tease through it later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's an excellent friend, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Brian's up here, and he's been a he's been a little dramatic up on the. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm gonna jump. <laughs> um, but from what we've seen of him so far, just in in the little bit that we've seen he's of him, he's a narcissist. He's it, never well, gonna jump. And and he's also an extreme and excessive mm -hmm. person, and so seeing him up on there is like, of course, Brian will be up on the leg saying I'm gonna jump and exactly. I could end it all um, and Michael is there trying to talk him down off the ledge and uh, that seems to be what Michael's role has been in Brian's life um, he's the one to drive him home when he's drunk or high he's the one to talk sense into him the he's caretaker. the one yeah he's the caretaker he's the one who calls him back off the ledge and then we see Brian reach his hand out to Michael 
And um, instead of Michael pulling Brian down, Brian pulls him up on the ledge with him. And I don't think it's the intention of let's jump or let's see if we can fly, but it's an acknowledgement of, you know, hey, life does get scary and there's a lot of unknowns and I'm in, I'm facing something that I'm a little bit afraid of. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Michael saying, OK, but you're not going to have to do it alone. Exactly. And like that, We just kind of see that's the history of their relationship, yeah. like them. That bond that they, they have yeah. since they were children. Uh, so we had uh, some friends from Facebook gave us uh, an analysis about the, the rooftop scene. So one is from Casper. Shout out to Casper. Hey, Casper. And uh, Casper says, I think the rooftop scene sets the tone for the show. It shows how closely Brian is teetering on the edge of self-destruction and how as much as he rebels against it, love is what keeps him from fully tearing himself apart. And uh, Julia, hey, Julia, (laughs) says it shows Brian grappling with responsibility for the first time and having to grow up. It shows that up to this point, Michael was the one to talk him down. Brian is afraid of growing up and growing old now that Gus is here. But his life was boring and it was time for a change. It's also closely linked to the scene between him and Lindsay, which follows this one. So we'll just go ahead and jump into that scene. That's when. Brian dismisses Justin. He's like, get out of here. It's too much beyond it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so funny. Yeah. Uh, so he dismisses him. And and then he goes into the room with Melanie and Lindsay. And there's just like a little moment with uh, Melanie. With Melanie. And you can tell, like, they're both trying to be mm-hmm. civil because, you know, Lindsay's here and the baby. And they're trying to be. Not, but and it's, they all have to co-parent because yeah. they're going to be in this baby's life. <laughs> yeah. But it is clear that they are not mm-hmm. the best friends. At least Melanie and uh, Brian are not. Um, so he has this conversation with Lindsay and she's kind of crying and I'm not even going to try to analyze that because I don't, I won't even pretend to try to understand the hormones and emotions uh, going through yeah. <laughs> a woman who has just delivered a baby. So we just, that's just what that is. But she's talking to, to Brian and they have a very sweet moment and we get to see maybe this Brian has some layers to him, you uh-huh. know, cause he's kind of presented as one dimensional sometimes by Michael, but definitely by Emmett and Ted at, at this point. Exactly. And uh, it's like, well, maybe he does have some layers, even with what we've seen from him up on the roof or what we saw with him and Justin. He's like the onion. You just mm-hmm. got to keep pull, peeling him yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a little bit more to him. So part of their conversation, Lindsay's like, we're finally grown ups. And Brian's like, don't say that, Wendy. We'll never grow up. Exactly. And uh, she says, well, don't be scared. And, you know, the story with Peter Pan yeah, and Wendy is uh, Wendy does grow up and she's married and mm-hmm. has a kid. And that's very much Lindsay's life. And it tells us a little bit about what Brian's doing. He's trying to stay Stay in that forever young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Brian's thing. And so having this kid here is like, I got to be an adult now. I got responsibilities. And so um, it just kind of shows us a little bit of what we're going to see him going through. So she says, you know, oh, don't be scared. If our parents can mess up, so so can, so can we. And Brian goes a little somber in that moment. And then it makes me notice the lack of any grandparents around this situation. Absolutely. So it's like, hmm, that's interesting. Her parents aren't here. Melanie's parents aren't here. It could just it be a location a, thing, but it's just like, mm. It was all friends. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Uh huh. So it's like, that's just kind of an interesting little thing to, to note there. But so, yeah, Brian does go kind of somber. And then he's like, hey, I don't want you to worry about money if you need anything you know, just let me know. I want to help take care of it. Right. And um, another interesting thing to note is that that's what he offers is money. Exactly. And so that's something that, of, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. time. Like, I'll be, I can watch the baby anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, let me grab this, but it's literally money. Yeah, and so we're going to put a pin in that one too. Just like, that's what he feels like his contribution is to a child. Is mm-hmm. You know, and so just kind of why he thinks that way is kind of interesting. So maybe that's something that we'll get to dive into later. 
So also during the scene, we find out that Brian and Lindsay have done the old lay down, move yeah. around. At some point. Um, but the banter between them is like, it's clear, at least for Brian and maybe for Lindsay, it's clear, but like there's nothing going on between them anymore. Exactly. No, yeah. they're strictly friends. Yeah, they they're friends. Bond, but you can see the tension between Melanie because she can sense. Especially you know, when she walks in as they're kissing. Exactly. Like, it's like ice. Yes. <laughs> you know, shaking the little bucket of ice. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, oh, there's clearly some things mm-hmm. going on here that we're going to have to. See. Exactly. Let it unfold a little bit. Yeah. All right. So now we're back in the Jeep and Michael's driving and Brian is like on Mars. He is yes. high as a kite right exactly. now. <laughs> he, yeah, he is all over Justin. All over. <laughs> yeah. And Michael is not happy about that. Uh we don't really know if he's just mad at Brian or What's going on? I mean, we can kind of suspect what is happening here, but... It's some jealousy because he hasn't had a piece in months. (laughs) Well, and we we got to see Brian pop in ecstasy at the hospital, which is like, that's an interesting choice when your son's been born. But what we didn't get to see is Michael sipping the haterade. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I was... Michael was definitely sipping it. (laughs) Yeah, he was hitting it hard. Because that's what was... Two mixed drinks of haterade. (laughs) Yeah, that's what was going on there. Um, So he's got a bit of of an attitude, and he's like, all right, where are we taking you, boy wonder? Talking to Justin, and then Brian's like, he's coming with me. And uh, Michael's like, no, he needs to go home. You know, kind of pretend he's looking out for Brian because Brian is out of his mind. Clearly, but Justin makes his own decisions. He's like, I'm I'm going with him. (laughs) (laughs) Justin's like, look, I already put too much thought into tonight. I mean, the baby. (laughs) Yeah, like, this is, yeah, this is happening tonight. Okay, so he's like, I'm going with him. The next scene that we see is the rimming scene. So this is where we, where we, some of us and Justin find out what rimming is. If you still don't know what it is, you can go to what Urban Dictionary. Oh, I don't know. Well, what I was gonna, that? I was gonna recommend people go to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but don't do that. Oh my gosh, I looked up something on Urban Dictionary one time, and I can never go back to that oh site. My god. Oh my god! <laughs> but would you like to explain what I think? No, I'm too shy for all that. But I mean, it's wonderful. Google it. <laughs> so, um, Justin enjoyed it. But yeah, so we're back at um, at Michael and Emmett's house. And they're talking and Michael's going off and we find out that maybe part of the reason that he is so frustrated is that he ain't had any action in seven months, two weeks, and three days. Oh, so, Lord. That's so, the exact. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Emmett has been tracking it for him for whatever reason. That's before Fitbits were around. Okay? Yeah. Emmett. Yeah. Exactly. But what Michael says here is that... Um, He's like, he knew I was with somebody. He called me begging me to come home. We know that is not what uh, happened. <laughs> like, that is so not what happened. Uh, Brian was like, hey, you stay there. Exactly. You got your dude there. You stay there. I'm good. He needed an escape. So yeah. he jumped on it. Yeah, but then he kind of tells on himself because he was like, I was with someone and at least he wanted me. Like the person I was with wanted me. And so it's like, oh, okay. We see exactly. what's going on here. You haven't been chosen. Not only have you not been chosen, like you've not been chosen by, by the one you really Right. Exactly. So then we're at the loft again with Brian and Justin. And this is where it's getting ready to go down. Okay. <laughs> so, and I read this on the internet. So, of course, it's true because facts. It's on the internet. Yep. <laughs> and it said that even, even if it's not the first, it said this, well, it said this was the first simulated, I guess, consensual sex scene between two men that mm-hmm. was on 
television. Um, now, even if it's not the first, it's probably right. one of the first. But a lot of what was there before was probably not in a consensual type setting. So right. you've got like no, a prison scene, yeah, or you've got something mm-hmm. that is very much where there's a lot of shame attached to it, or it's like some seedy background thing happening, but it's not a consensual situation like this. And even just for me in watching it, like I don't even see it as like this pornographic thing. It It was love. Yeah. Well, it was, and it was just genuine Mm -hmm. connection between two people who were interested in each other. Yes, physically, but they had also, I feel like made some emotional connections in that night too. That whole night. Yeah. That was an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. I just really appreciate that. I like how when that scene first starts, there's no background noise. There's no Mm -hmm. uh, music playing. It's just the two of them. And it just really lets you sit in the gravity of that moment. Exactly. Because even like, think about, I like to think about, these characters as real people exactly. so you think about Justin and what this night is going to mean for him, for him. Mm-hmm. like this is going to mean uh, this is going to stick with him forever yep. he's going to remember this always it's his first yeah and just like however this goes is going to shape a whole lot of, of his life uh, so thinking about it that way is interesting but also just the concept of two men being engaged with each other in this way where, I don't know, but I feel like for me, just be, again, because I had no reason to think about it and no frame of reference for it, just the idea that these would be two men who are genuinely interested in each other. Mm-hmm. And this is like about about their their pleasure. Again, we said like not just physically and just to have a big, this kind of sweet and intimate moment. Like that's just something that you didn't get exposed to what mm-hmm. I had heard of. Of with uh, sex between two men before that, there's a lot of shame and guilt cloaked in it. It's yeah. like something that even if there's some like flamboyant guy and you know that other people around town have been kind of messing around with mm-hmm. this guy, nobody talks about nope. it. It's like very secretive and you know, there's a lot of shame and embarrassment with it. But just to see it happen so freely True. was... Um, uh, what funny. I took from that experience was um, I actually, it, it softened my heart a bit on Brian. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like um, he was like the teacher. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. He l- guided Justin through everything he needed to do. He told him what was going to happen, how it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was very sweet, you yeah. know, um, knowing that it was Justin's first time. Yeah. And um, and he kissed him. It wasn't yeah. like just sex. Right. He actually made that connection. And they were face to face. Yeah, yeah. Face-to-face. which I had never even thought about that. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. I kind of got questions about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were face to face. He was looking deep into his eyes. It was definitely making some emotional connection. And it wasn't just sex in that right. moment. Even and if it turned out to be just sex on one of yeah, the parts, yeah. but in that heat of that moment, I feel like he made Justin feel very comfortable. Yeah. He made him feel safe. Mm-hmm. And um, just took a lot of care to say, this is what it's supposed to be exactly. like. Exactly. You know, and that I think that was huge for Justin to see that and even just for people in the audience mm-hmm. to, to see that. All right. So then, you know, it's, it's going down. Uh, they're really getting to it now. But before they can even get to it, like Brian is giving him the rundowns on top bottoms, you know, where are we going to fit into this? Um, where are, are you going to fit into this equation? And Justin hits him with a hand stop and yeah. lets him know we have to practice safe sex, which is extremely important. Yeah. Um, extremely, because we all know how HIV and AIDS are in the community. Yeah. And, and it's passed, you know, sexually clearly. And the fact that he stopped and he wasn't afraid enough 
to tell him, hey, we need to wrap it up. Yeah. I mean, that was commendable. Yeah, and I like that they started out the very first episode with that because yes. that sets the tone like, hey, it this, sure this not only does this show take this seriously, but so did these characters. And so you can just kind of expect that going forward, they're practicing safe sex so they don't have to every time go Bring through it up. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because then it could get a little tedious or True. feel like a you know after school special. Yeah. But with it being Justin and it being his first time, it felt very organic for <laughs> yeah. them to yes. bring that up. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was just a very bold statement because, I mean, a lot of times I mean, when you go with the flow of the movements and you got a brand new partner and someone like Brian, who is very confident, who always gets his way. No one ever tells him no. I mean, you're going to tell him he has to grab a condom. But Brian was right there, ready. Right. Mm-hmm. And was like, I'm ready to put into action. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't have to bring it up because it seemed like he was going to automatically. Yeah, like he already knew that. But mm-hmm. yeah, but just to have, and to have it, it didn't take away from the moment. No. It didn't. Like, it wasn't like, oh, now we got to fumble with this technical stuff. No. It was just kind of like part of it. It just kind of all, mm-hmm. yeah, flowed together. All right, so the deed is done, and we are at the morning after. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so Brian's alarm goes off, and he rolls over, um, Surprise. To silence it. Well, I like that, you know, that little moment where Justin puts his arm over him. And for just a brief second, Brian kind of snuggles into it, you know. Mm-hmm. But then he wakes up and he's like, what is happening? Who are you? Yeah, what are you doing? Are you here? <laughs> yeah. And just like, you said I could stay. Mm-hmm. Heartbroken almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah. And then they show us the loft. And I don't know what has happened, but this loft is towed up it's from the floor. Yeah. Destroyed. Like, who is going to clean it up? <laughs> it is a mess of there like maybe Justin went trying to impress Brian but Brian was definitely trying to impress somebody exactly <laughs> so, he said he was doing hands yeah and juggling but he's not very good <laughs> yeah, clearly <laughs> yeah uh, at this point still does not remember poor Justin's name and I don't think it's that he doesn't care but it's just Brian doesn't feel like he'd have any use for it anymore exactly his thing is like alright well, checked off the list, so let's move on mm-hmm. um, so Justin is going to take a shower Brian gets up and goes to check his voice messages and suddenly remembers, oh, yeah, I have I a, kid. a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he remembers Justin over in the shower. And so he goes in there and he's probably going to say something not very nice to Justin. But then he but gets he a sees. glimpse of him and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't help himself. Yeah. But even this. So Brian goes in and he's soaping Justin down. But I like this scene, too, because it goes back to that Justin teetering between the boy and man thing. Mm-hmm. Because at first, you know, Justin's talking to him. He's got his back to him. And he's like. Uh, asking kind of like life questions like almost like where did the baby come from right. <laughs> kind of stuff True. and then he's like oh well my mom says sometimes she wishes she never had me and then like something shifts in him and he turns around and he's you know lifts his head looks yes. Brian dead in the eye and he starts going toe to toe with him matching him in his exactly. snarkiness you know mm-hmm. he's like are you gonna raise him yes. <laughs> you know and all this other stuff it goes back to him being fearless I yeah mean, yeah is not afraid to, um, you know, confront Brian. Yeah, on, so. and like even though there's this huge age gap with them, we don't at this point we don't know how old Brian is, but it's clear that he ain't no teenager. Exactly. Um, but it's like even though he's younger, he could definitely be a match for exactly. Brian. You know, he could, they have very similar characteristics. Yeah. So. Uh huh. Yeah. So I like that that scene of them there in the shower, and then so Michael shows up to you know. Because it's, you know, everybody's got to go work or school. Michael shows up to the loft and I don't know if he's got a key or if they just were too busy getting to it. Like they couldn't lock the the door. Because he drove drove the Jeep. Jeep. Oh, that's Uh, right. Take this, let's rewind a bit. Oh, right. Yeah, so. Skip the scene. Once they leave in the hospital, remember, he's driving Justin and Brian home. Brian is in the back with Justin high off that ecstasy and he's um, (laughs) definitely very high. Very high. And he's getting frisky in the back. 
And, uh, you know, Brian, um, Michael clearly has been drinking a haterade, so he swerves <laughs> a couple times to shut that down, yeah. but he drops them off. I mean, clearly Brian is not able to drive, so yeah. Michael takes a Jeep home. Uh, when he takes a Jeep home, he doesn't live in the best of neighborhoods, and um, he's definitely been picked on by these kids, but <laughs> yeah. these kids are very ruthless. Some rascals out yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. And um, they actually started spraying the Jeep and they're beating a Jeep. He wakes up in the morning he hears this loud like glass breaking and spray cans and all this and that. He looks out his window and it's these two hoodlums <laughs> and uh, literally with a crowbar taking it to um, Brian's Jeep. And they also have spray paint cans so clearly he's dressed. He's running down the stairs to chase them down and they're screaming out and spewing out this hate speech yeah what did the jeep say well we don't know what the jeep says yet mm. at this point we don't know what it says oh, i do like something else in this moment when emmett comes out and he's like hey michael how's it going and then he gets a look at the jeep he's like mm, i was gonna ask for a ride to work but i think i'll walk <laughs> you know, and he's like good luck with that yes. you know, having to deal with brian and explain to him what's happened to this jeep because you know he's gonna be furious yeah so he drives this uh, vandalized jeep over to the loft and you're right, he has the keys. That's how yes, he busts how up in the in. loft. Mm -hmm. And uh, he catches Brian and Justin kind of still all over each other. And he's like, we need to go get dressed. Very <laughs> you know, upset. Didn't you get enough? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Justin's in there putting his clothes on. And Michael's like, I'm not going to be late because of you. It's very snarky. Yes. And mind you that Brian ain't dressed either. But he's <laughs> so. definitely I'm putting all the anger towards Justin. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and... Uh, so while Brian and Michael have their back turned, we see Justin pick up uh, a pick up Brian's jockstrap. I don't know if the intention was to wash that or not. I don't want to think about to me, it. I was like, about to smell it. I was like, okay, Justin. <laughs> like, like, all right. Yeah. But I guess he needed a souvenir from yes. the night. So whatever, Justin. You do you in this moment, okay? So then we go outside. They're all dressed, and we go outside. And this is when we find out what was on, on the Jeep. And it was definitely a hate speech. It was the F word. It was um, spray painted in bubble, bold letters in mean, pink. You cannot miss it. You cannot miss it. It covered literally the whole side of the Jeep and it said faggot. And I mean, big, bright, bold letters. Yeah. Um, and Michael was furious. Brian saw it and he wasn't even phased by it. Yeah. To be honest, he embraced the word. Yeah. Um, he, he brought it back and gave it power to himself by um, saying it. And he started screaming it out and he drove that Jeep very proudly. Yeah. And then even he asked Justin, he's like, hey, do you mind riding in this Jeep? And Justin looks at him. He's probably just feeling himself at this moment, but he's no. like, no. And then, But I think it was a test because when he answers, Brian kind of looks like, well, all right then. Yes. <laughs> you know, okay. Okay. Maybe you can't roll with the big boys. Mm -hmm. So then they're driving to the school and Brian is clearly trying to to kill a teenager because he is whipping that jeep all up and through the school zone. He's, he's running. I, I mean, they have to dodge out the way yeah, for their life. Yeah. Yes, seriously. And then he he turns it in like slides <laughs> it on one side where yeah. the faggot is written on the truck. Yeah, and on the jeep. And at this point, Justin is trying to melt into the floorboard from embarrassment. Yes, exactly. His yeah. whole class, um, class, school yeah. class is out um outside um of the school, so yeah. everyone can see this at the moment. And then some jerk from school comes out and like says some slur at Justin and I like that Brian j 
immediately doesn't Protects even think him. about it, no. jumps out of the car and like goes off on this kid. And we see like Justin instantly perks up because yes. he's seeing like here's a gay man who is not, not going to take right, not, not taking take any it. trash yeah. at yeah. all. Like I'm gonna stand up for myself. You know, you disrespect me. I have something for you. Yeah, basically. and so hops out. That gives him the confidence he needs to hop out of the back seat. Mm-hmm. Then he comes around to Brian and he's like, hey, so when can I see you again? And Brian's like, you see me right now? He's like, no, later. And uh, basically it ends with Brian saying, I'll see you in your dreams. dreams. Yeah, like, oh, Brian. And then there's just a quick moment where they show Michael's face. And just for a second, he kind of sympathizes with Justin. Like he's been rude to him, Mm -hmm. hateful this whole time. Uh, but just when he sees Brian, because he knows that that's what's coming. Exactly. He, he knew that that, that that was at the end of it. And so when he sees Brian finally give that like final blow, just for a brief second, there's a look of sympathy on mm-hmm. Michael's face. But then as they drive off, Michael's like, I'm glad we got rid of him. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it kind of also um, the sympathy came from because. Michael doesn't really take the chances and go for what he wants. Yeah. And the fact that such a young person at 17 years old knows what he wanted and right. went for it and yeah. succeeded mm-hmm. on something that Michael clearly probably could never. Yeah. I mean, he just doesn't take those type of chances. I think he really wanted to be Justin in that moment for a Yeah, second. yeah. I mean, because Justin walks right up those steps at his school, goes and grabs. It's hanging high. Yeah, goes and grabs his bag from Daphne. Mm-hmm. And I like his last line. And she's like, where were you? Um, um, and uh, he says, I just saw the face of God. Yes. His name is Brian Kinney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. So this one ends with what you were talking about, Brian just screaming at the top yeah. of his lungs. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that a little bit, just kind of reclaiming something and saying, you're not going to use that to hurt me. Exactly. I'm going to take that. I'm going to own it and mm-hmm. I'm going to embrace it. And he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we talked about also how that's just like a, that's a personal thing for some people. They're my, they may not be comfortable with that, but some people are. Um, and so I like that it shows both sides of it. Exactly. Michael was... He was uncomfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. But and, uh, Brian was like, you're not going to stop me. You right. Know? You're yeah. not going to break my spirits. It's not yeah. going to end me. Yeah. I'm like, stronger than this. So. Okay, this is part of who I am. Exactly. What about it? What's it mm-hmm. to you? So, True. Yeah, so I really like that. And, he, and also, before um, we finish, we're up this left, last one up, though. The fact that um, Brian did say something in an episode, um, Michael basically kind of hinted to, like, but you're going to drive around this Jeep with this written on there? Um, you know, what about the other people? And he was like, we're not weird. It's them. They're right. the crazy ones. You right. know, like they're sick, not us. Right. You know? Like this is just the word. They're yeah. the ones who's, who are using it, it to make it something yes, hateful. Exactly. And, yeah, and hurtful. But mm-hmm. they got the problem, not us. Yeah, exactly. And don't don't think otherwise. True. You know, don't even entertain that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an important point to make. Be you. Yeah, be you. All right. So, man, so much happened so much. in God. that episode. I can't wait to watch another one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of bleeds into it. Yes. And the way that it's set up, the premiere is a, it's kind of like a two-part premiere. And so 101 and 102 go together. But there was just so much in 101 that I really so felt we, like, we should yeah, we should break it up just to really get to mm-hmm. kind of comb through everything that's happening in there. All right. Well, guys, we'd like to thank y'all so much for tuning in to Liberty Diner Dish. Again, I am Ken. I'm Michelle. We will see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.